0: and so sweet, and thank you for putting up with this Texan, okay, thank you for uh, braving the nights out, and the the morning, Sunday morning, and the time we could spend in God's Word. I think it's very important, you know, what would you do if you didn't have a Bible? What would you do if you didn't have the Word of God? As a Christian, as a believer, what would you do? You know, I, I get asked all the time, by the way, the question, what about the heathen? What about the person that has never heard the name of Jesus? What about that person? Well, let me ask you a question. Is God good? Is God faithful? Is God love? He is, all right? Now, what makes us think sometimes that God is going to pick and choose? God speaks. Do you understand that? Our God speaks. You say, yeah, He speaks through the Bible. No, there's a lot of voices out there. If you look at Psalms 19, verse 1, it says, The heavens declare the glory of God. The next verse says, There's not a language on this earth where that voice is not heard. Are you with me? The voice of creation. You see, you're not born an atheist. You're educated. You're cultured into believing what you believe inside your culture. Okay? I have a friend of mine that adopted 11 children from 11 different countries as babies. And every one of them was raised in America, but they were raised in what? In American culture. You follow me? They didn't speak Chinese. They didn't speak Vietnamese. They didn't speak, you know, uh, Ethiopian. They were raised as babies. And guess what? Their first language was English. And they became Americans as far as, you know, U.S. citizens. But they knew the culture of America. Okay? They didn't know their culture. Culture's learned. Right? So the Bible says every language on this earth hears a voice. The voice of creation. I have stood at Victoria Falls. I don't know if any of you have, but it's one of the seven natural wonders of the world. It's in Zambia. It borders Zimbabwe and Zambia. I've stood there at the falls, a mile and a half long, 700 feet, with that water, that Zambezi River, and I just, I'm in awe every time I go there, and I see that mid that water go down and hit the bottom, and then the mist comes up 150 feet above the falls. And you just get soaking wet, even though it's blue skies everywhere, because of the mist. They call Victoria Falls in the local language, Mosi Otunya," which means the smoke that thunders. Can you imagine the first time David Livingston took a boat down that river and saw it for the first time? I mean, back in the 1800s, you know, the first white missionary that went through there and saw that, when the natives saw it all the time, you know? And so when he was traveling through the bush, even Livingston, he had a hard time converting people to Christianity, but the people believed there was a creator. Are you with me? I've gone in the bush. I've met people that have never seen one of these, I've talked to people that have never heard the name of Jesus in the bush. I've talked to people that have never gone to school and been educated in any way except in their culture in their village. And I have never met an atheist in the bush. All right. As a matter of fact, I've never even met an agnostic in the bush. Okay? They believe there's a God. Now you say, well, why did it take so long for them to get the Word of God? Well, I'm going to tell you something tonight you may not like, but here it is. God is not obligated to reveal truth to you if you don't want it. I'll say that again. God is not obligated to reveal truth to you if you don't want it. But if you want to know the truth... If you desire, okay, you look up and say, wow, there must be a Creator. Because I've talked to people in the bush. And I said, who's God? He's created everything. Who told you that? Have you ever read Romans 1? Where it says from the creation, things are clearly seen. The evidence that there's a God. Psalms 19. There's not a language on this earth where creation, the voice of creation is not heard. The sun, the moon, the stars. It just... They didn't know what an explosion was. They didn't know what a Big Bang was in the, in the jungle of, of Zambia and the Congo. They just said, Balesa. the Lord created this. Well, who is the Lord? Well, I don't know, but He created it all. Now, they worship other spirits. Hello? Okay. But for each one of them, they had a desire in their heart, I want to know the truth. I want to know the truth. I had a Zambian man come up to me. Actually, we were driving through the bush, the Lion Territory, and we were headed to an area where there was a bunch of villages. And for some reason, the Holy Spirit of God spoke to me and said, Go down this trail. So I took Douglas Sakawaha with me, another national, and we went down this trail, and we came into this one hut village. And there was a little fire going, and there was an old man. He was in his probably late 70s, maybe early 80s, maybe older than that. And he was sitting underneath a tree and as we pulled up, we walked over, we greeted him and we began to talk and I began to ask him, do you believe there's a God? And he said every morning when he gets up, he looks up at the sky and every evening he looks at the sky and he says, I know you created that. There's a God. And he would say every morning, he said, I want to know who you are. That's what he would say to the Creator. Creator. And all of a sudden, we pull into his village and we begin to tell him about the Creator. And we began to tell him how he had sin in his life and that he was, you know, sin separates us from God because he had been mixed up with witchcraft and everything, but he was still searching for truth. And after a couple of hours, after 17 years, sitting in that village, asking God every day, I want to know you. I want to know you. We showed up in that village. You see, he wanted to know truth. And he ended up getting saved. And then we ended up leading over 300 of the Bisa tribe to Christ. The Bisa tribe at that particular time still practiced human sacrifice. And tried to conjure up the the spirits of their dead ancestors. And it was a very, very... As we were there at that ceremony, the chief wouldn't let us go into the ceremony, but we listened to the cries and the screams and and the evilness that was all around that place as we set up our tents next to this big tabernacle that was set up to conjure up the dead spirits and witchcraft and all this. We were witnessing the people that were going in and out of there. And we were able to start to this day seven churches among the Bisa tribe. A couple years ago, I was back in Zambia, and a man came up to me, and he said, Brother Bonner, do you remember me? And I said, You know, I know I've met so many people, I'm sorry. He said, My name is Stephen. I said, Yeah, I know you. He said, I'm from the Bisa tribe. He said, I want you to know that you, I was one of the first men that you led to Christ there, and that I've gone to your Bible Institute since you've been in America, and I've graduated, and I've gone back to the Bisa tribe, and I've been able to start seven churches with a beast of people. He said, I've convinced our chief no longer to do human sacrifice, so at least we stop doing that. And I want you to know there's now a light in my village because of the gospel of Jesus Christ. You see, there's voices. There's the voice of creation. There's the voice of conscience. See, when Adam ate of that fruit, it gave him the knowledge of good and evil. You talk to lost people, you know lost people have a conscience? They know what stealing is. They know what lying is. They know what adultery is and fornication and sexual sin. They know know what that is. And some of them do it and some of them don't. By the way, some Christians do it and some Christians don't. Hello? Okay, because of sin, the sin nature. We understand good and evil. Even though we don't know what the Bible says, we still have a conscience. As a little boy, I had a conscience. My dad had a belt, <laughs> and when I broke his conscience, I got, I got uh, how do you say, uh, disciplined a little bit from my dad, okay, because he said, don't lie, son, don't steal, son, always respect your elders, All, and I, I wasn't raised in a Christian home, it was just, do good, do good, do good, don't do evil, so there's the voice of what, your conscience, so you have voices, the question is, are you going to listen to the voice? and say, I want to know truth. I want to know truth. Jesus said, seek me, and ye shall find me. Search the Scriptures. Ask the Lord. Lord, I want to know who You are. Jesus, I want to know You. I want to get close to You. You have to have a desire. You know, someone said, and it was already mentioned here this evening, but I'll let me rephrase it to my terminology or whatever. A vision without action is a daydream. You know, we like to dream, don't we? I know we sit there, especially as young people, and we'll think about the future we'll say, oh man, that'd be great. One day maybe I'll be a preacher. One day I'll be a ball player. One day I'll be a, you know... A businessman or on a business and you have a vision but you just sit there. <laughs> you don't do anything. It becomes what? A daydream. Now, action without having a vision is a nightmare. Okay? Because the vision comes from here. The Word of God. You say, I, I want to do something. Do it according to the Word of God. You know, Seek God and all that He has and watch Him open doors for you or even on behalf of other people. So again you have voices creation, conscience you have the voice of the, what we say in the theological realm the canon C-A-N-O-N the book, scriptures this tells us who God is creation tells us who God is conscience tells us who God is if we will seek the creator if we'll seek the good part of the conscience God all of a sudden becomes obligated to what? to reveal truth to you he becomes obligated now he's going to give you the truth so that no one is without excuse You see, people have a funny idea about God. Our God is not subject to time, He's eternal. So, if there's a timeline here of history, you know, and we're on this timeline right now, God's not on this timeline. God's watching. He knows all about the past and the future. He knows what's going to happen, right? He knows. And He knows your heart. He knows whether or not you want Him or not. He knows whether or not you desire to know Him even more. He knows that tonight. He knows who you are. And if you have that desire to seek Him, you'll find Him. He said, I can be found. And by the way, when you find Him, it's sweet. It's sweet. Even in the midst of the storm, it can be sweet. Father, thank You for this evening. Thank you for bringing us together. Thank you for this church, for my brother, Russell, Lord, for Miss Lisa, and Lord, the rest of this church, Father, my brothers, my sisters, people, my family, my church here. Lord, we're going to live forever together, those that are born again. So thank you that we get a chance to meet this side of heaven. God, thank you for one day that blessed reunion together with you When the trumpet blows and the voice happens, and God, we're changed and we're gone face to face with you in glory. So, God, thank you. Thank you for the hope. Thank you for the blessed hope. Thank you for Jesus. Thank you for salvation. Thank you for the blood of Jesus Christ. Thank you for the gift of salvation so rich and free. Thank you, God, for imputed righteousness. God, thank you so much that we are your children. So God, bless tonight. God, I pray, just bring this, Father, please, to where you want it. God, do in our hearts what you need to do. Start with me, Lord, and just permeate this place. God, pray, oh God, with your spirit, in Jesus' name, amen. We've been talking about prayer, haven't we? Talking about prayer. We went to Acts 6, 4. We went to Luke. And you remember those verses And I want to give you a little bit of introduction before I lay out to you some steps on how to seek God's face, okay? We need to understand that all true prayer, true prayer, exists for the glory of God. It's not to exist for me. It's not to exist for my wants and my desires that all true prayer exists for the glory of God. Whatsoever we do, in word or deed, whatsoever we do, bring glory to God. Especially in your prayer life. Especially in the Word of God. Especially in your everyday walk and talk with Jesus and with others. Bring glory to God. Prayer exists for that. Prayer now is based on the worship of God. Is God worthy? Is God worthy to come to? Is He worthy to pray to? Is He worthy to talk to? Is He worthy to just give to? You see, that's what worship's all about. And He is what He is. Prayer is based upon the worship of God. I come to Him with. Sacrifices of praise. I come to Him and say, God, here I am. Use me. Use these lips. Use these hands. Use whatever I got. Use my business. Whatever it is, God, use me to worship You. And all true prayer, listen, should be focused on the face of God. Seek His face, the psalmist said. He knows what we have need of, it says in the book of Matthew. He knows we need food. He knows we need raiment. He knows we need a job. He knows we need this, and He knows we need that. He knows you need a building. He knows you need your kids to be saved. He knows all those things, right? I mean, you know, and it's good to ask. Keep asking Him for that because that's the will of God. That God's not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance, right? So you keep praying for them. Praying for their salvation. Praying for the healing. Nothing wrong with that. But don't just seek His hands. Seek His face. Seek His person. And having a relationship with Him. Focused on the face of God. And your prayer life should be shaped by the Word of God. So when you pray, I loved what we did last night. How the Word of God was read. Remember out of Psalms? 38 I think it was. and All of a sudden we began to pray about God's mercies and His great salvation. and We began to praise Him because all true prayer should be what? Shaped by the Word of God. We pray according to the will of God. For if we pray according to the will of God, we know that He hears us because He knows what He wrote. He knows what He put in here. And if we will agree with that and pray with it and give it back to God then what? We're in communication with Him. And that's what we need as we're, our prayer life is shaped by the Word of God. And then, because we're in the Word of God, that true prayer now is inspired by the Spirit of God. The Spirit of God that lives in a believer. The Spirit of God that lives in me. The Spirit of God that wrote this book. Okay? It's, all of a sudden, our prayer life now becomes what? Inspired. The inspiration. You know, there's two places in the Bible where the word inspiration, in all the Bible, from Old Testament to New Testament, there's only two places where the word inspiration is uh, is written down. One is in the New Testament, one is in the Old Testament. The New Testament, of course, is 2 Timothy 3, right? Verse 16, all Scripture is given by what? Inspiration of God. And is profitable, right? So the Word of God comes by inspiration. Now, turn to the book of Job. Find the book of Psalms and just go back one book to the book of Job. This is kind of neat here. Look at chapter 32 of the book of Job. 32 verse 8. 32, verse 8. This is the first time inspiration is mentioned in the Bible. He says in verse 8, But there is a spirit in man. You see that? That spirit that's in man. And the inspiration of who? The Almighty. Giveth them what? Understanding. See, what is inspiration? Inspiration is God giving man the understanding of what God says. Hello? Gives them understanding. That's Spirit of God. This is a spiritual book. Remember, we talked about that. We're a spiritual being. And we got born again by the Spirit of God. So again, it's inspired. Our prayer life should be inspired by the Spirit of God. By inspiration. And by the way, all prayer should be offered through the Son of God. We pray through Jesus' name. Now I know sometimes people get personal. They're in their prayers and they're praying and they go, you know, Lord, I just pray in Your name. You know, I pray in Thy name. And, and, and I had this pastor friend of mine that never mentioned the name of Jesus. And you know, that name to me is a special name, is it not? Jesus. When He was born, His name shall be jesus savior okay jesus and he said ask in my name so again all prayer is offered through the son of god through jesus i was playing golf last year with a man that was lost he's a lost man and i love to be on the golf course and join up with some people and you know, because you, you don't play really by yourself because it's slow, so you'll join up with a twosome or a threesome, and you'll play golf. And and I like to do that, because after about the three or four holes, I've been able to witness to whoever I'm playing with. And so one of the men, his vocabulary was a little bit different, if you know what I mean. I mean, he, he was just kind of vulgar. And so he hit a bad shot. And, and he yelled out the name Jesus. And I looked at him and I said, you know him? He goes, what? I go, you know him? I said, I know him. He's my savior. He's my king. He saved my soul. The guy just looking at me shaking, you know. I didn't do it in a mean way. I mean, I was like that movie Elf. Remember when, I don't know if you saw the movie, but you know, my grandchildren, the Christmas movies coming out, that You remember when Elf went in that grocery store and they said, Santa's here? And he goes, Santa, I know him, okay? Well, man, that's the way I was. I was excited. I said, I know him. He's my Savior. Of course, the guy, he didn't hit a straight shot the rest of the day, but he never, he kept his mouth closed. (laughs) All true prayer should be aimed, listen, at the will of God. If I can get my prayer life lined up with this. If I can get my prayer life lined up with Scripture, with the will of God. Woo! Because God will never go against His will. So I've got to get it aimed at the will of God. And all true prayer is only experienced by the children of God. Psalms 27 verse 8 something we already looked at but it said when thou saidest seek ye my face my heart said unto thee thy face Lord will I seek I'm sure many people think about changing the world right oh if we could just change the world if we could just go back if we could just change some things but no one thinks about changing themselves <laughs> what about me I'm not perfect. I have not arrived. I'm still learning. I'm still studying for my final exam, so to speak. Okay? I'm still trying to get as close as I can to Jesus. I want to do that. I want to know Him and the power of His resurrection. Prayer has two purposes. You know, People say, well, there's ten purposes. No, there's two purposes of prayer. Number one, purpose of prayer Is for that person who's praying to develop a true love relationship with God. That's what prayer is, isn't it? Talking to God, just like I'm talking to you. You're talking to a friend. Remember how Moses met God face to face, and He's God said He was the friend of God. Do you want to be a friend of God? Behold His face. Behold His words. See? So the the first true purpose of prayer is to develop a love relationship with God. By what? Communicating with Him. What if I... Married my wife 49 years now, this month. But what if I never talked to her? She might be happy, I don't know. But anyway... <laughs> We're not communicating, right? It's very difficult. So, prayer teaches you to communicate with the living God. That's the purpose. We can talk to Him. We can listen to Him as He gives us revelation. And then we respond to the revelation. And then the second purpose (laughs) is to receive... Assignments. God's Word is just not about hearing it. It's about doing it. Be ye doers of the Word. Take the revelation of God and do it. If God says to give, you give. If God says to witness, you witness. If God says to search the Scriptures, search the Scriptures. So we're obedient. We're listening to Him. Okay? We need His face to shine upon us. We need His face to, in His presence to envelop us. And when we are obedient to His commands, I don't know about you, think about that. When you're obedient to God, don't you have a feeling of intimacy with God? The fact that you're closer in being obedient than you are and being disobedient? Because if you're disobedient, you think, oh man, how am I going to get back over here? How am I going to get right with God, right? But if you're obeying God, you have this intimacy. You know that you're walking with God. And you know that you're in the presence of Him and He's pleased with you. And over here, disobeying, you go, oh God, I want to come back to You. Again, come back. If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all... Unrighteousness. Face time with God is the key to, bless, to the key to blessings, to protection, to grace, and to peace in your life. I don't have time to go into it, but if you want to write these references down, look at uh, Numbers 6 24 through 26. You can read them later. In Matthew chapter 6, Verse 32 and 33. It says, For after all these things do the Gentiles seek. And the heavenly Father knoweth that ye have need of all these things. He knows what we need. Physically, the food, the clothes, the job, the house, whatever. He knows we have needs. Verse 33. But seek ye what? First the kingdom of God, that spiritual kingdom. Seek that first and His righteousness. And then all these things (laughs) shall be added unto you. Seek Him. Seek Him. You'll find Him. Knock. It'll be open. Ask. He'll answer you. Don't forget our two purposes of prayer, right? And so... Here we go. Are you ready for, to write some things down? I don't know how much time i got, so I'm going to go fast, okay? Because I know my time's getting short, and I've I got to give you this, okay? There's a guy that wrote this in a book. His name is Daniel Henderson. And I got a hold of Daniel Henderson's book several years ago, and I read it, and I went, wow. And then I said it again backwards. I went, wow! You know? And then I said it backwards again. Wow! This guy has got some steps to get us into a personal relationship with God. And so he lists seven things. And I'm going to give them to you very quickly. Number one, when you enter into that prayer time, either individually or corporately, the first thing is we have to enter with reverence. What do I mean by that? A time of worship. A time of adoration. A time of praise. Okay? We enter into that. What does the Bible say? I will enter His gates with what? Thanksgiving. I'll enter His courts with praise. I will magnify the Lord. So I'm going to reverence Him. I'm going to acknowledge how wonderful He is. God is good. God, You are great. Great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. Oh, I want to praise Your holy name. We enter in giving Him what? Reverence. Right? Reverence. And then stage two is reflection. Reflection. It's a season of soul searching. I've got to search my soul. What do I mean by that? We're still in this flesh, aren't we? We still have trouble with this flesh, right? We still got the world and the enemy and they're attacking us. and We got all these things, the, trying to ma- the master of distraction and all this. So we have to examine ourselves. We need a soul search. Okay? Because if I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord's not going to hear me. If I'm walking contrary to His Word, the Lord's not going to hear me. Unless it's a prayer of repentance and saying, God, I'm sorry. And so we got to reflect. We got to look inside before we start praying for somebody else. Okay? Am I right with God? David said, Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. But David cried out and said, What? Create in me a clean heart, O God. So we need that reflection time, an individual time in our prayer. And then stage three is what? Repentance. As God brings that to your mind, as God brings those things, God, I let you down today. God, I had an opportunity to witness and I didn't. God, please don't let that person go to hell because I didn't have the courage. You know what I'm saying? I mean, just whatever comes to your mind. Maybe something happened, all of a sudden you know it was wrong. It's your time of what? Repentance, your confession, your coming back. You're turning away from what you did, the mistakes that you made, and you're turning back to Him because you want His blessings in your life. That's that stage three. Stage four is restoration. Because once you repent, the Bible says once you confess your sins to God, right, what's He going to do? He's going to forgive us, right? So now I'm restored. So now I come to that restoration. God, thank You for hearing me. God, thank You for cleansing me. Thank you that I'm your child, and Lord, I made a mistake, and Lord, I messed up, but God, now thank you. So, again, I'm going back to I'm gratefully acknowledging the restoration of divine fellowship with the Creator. Wow. Think about that. Get a hold of that. That's stage four. Now, stage five. Now comes the request. Now comes a season of personal request. You see, I didn't ask God's hands. Step one, step two, step three, step four. Right? I didn't ask, God, I need this. God, I need this. I, here's my list, Lord. Here's my Walmart list. You know. Here's my Costco list. I, you know, I didn't give Him any list. I wanted to get right with Him before I could ask Him for anything. Because if you're anything like me, as you go through the day this world wears on you and the enemy wears on you and the distractions come and sometimes even doubts come or fears come or whatever the case may be and you need to get to that place to where you're now restored to Him now you're right with God now you can bring those requests and you know what happens when you bring those requests? usually they're not for you they're for somebody else. You're praying for the brethren. You're praying for Ben Turner. You're praying for a building. You're praying for someone's child to be saved or your child to be saved or you're, you're making other requests, you know, that need... Because the Bible says, bear one another's burdens, right? So fulfill the law of Christ. So bear ye one another's burdens. So again, that, that, that request. And then step six is a Renewal. It's a renewal. What do I mean by that? After you make your request, then renew your commitment to God. Okay? You say, God, I, I, I know I messed up, whatever the case may be, Lord, but Lord, I, I just want to give you my life. Today. You know, we're only promised right now. We don't know what's going to happen tomorrow, right? We may all go to glory tomorrow. I don't know. You know? Today. Tomorrow's going to come. Yes, I understand that. and We need to have a vision. I understand all that. But boy, it's good to understand that the fact that I want to make a personal commitment every day of my life when I get out of bed. God, this is your day. Thank you. Lord, help me go through this day giving you glory, giving you honor. Proclaiming your name. Lord, trusting in you all the way, no matter what happens, that renewal. And then the final stage, stage seven, you go back to rejoicing. I'm rejoicing. I'm just thanking God. I may take out a hymnal. I may sing a song that I've memorized in my heart. It's just a time of rejoicing. You know, I'm going to ask a question. What is on my impossible list? And everybody has a prayer list, right? What's on your impossible list? Well, we need a building. We need $5 million, okay, for a building. Sounds impossible, doesn't it? That's your plan, right? You, want, you need a building. Don't forget that our plan B is an insult to God. Because God's got a perfect plan for this church. Okay? Don't settle for something in your flesh. Wait on God to do a miracle in your life. No matter what it is. More than anything, when we pray, we need conviction. Conviction. I'm convicted. What I mean by that. I'm I'm so committed to this praying that it's gotta be part of almost like my breath that I breathe. That's why I believe Paul wrote to the church and said, pray without ceasing. Now I've got a lot of verses that we did not go to. We'd be here all night. Of course, I'm not in Zambia, but I went and read every one of those verses to every one of our pastors. Because I went over to Africa and I taught this, it took me three days to teach, go through every single verse and teach these verses because it's right off the page explaining each one of these steps. So I'm going to leave this with Pastor Mackay and he can give you guys a copy of it or whatever he wants to do. Okay? So you can go look up these verses. But it all starts with what? That conviction. I'm going to be and seek the face of God. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this evening. Lord, thank you for what you've done in our life. Lord, thank you for the singing tonight. God, what a sweet, sweet time of music here. Lord, I I loved it. I I pray and hope, God, that the windows in heaven were open. And Lord, the the singing was done. and, And Lord, it was a sweet, sweet sound in your ear. God, you are worthy of our songs. You're worthy of our praise. You're worthy of our meeting together. You're worthy, Lord, to be heard from, from Your Word. Oh, oh God, thank You. You are worthy. Lord, whatever we do, Lord, anything, everything, Lord, what would Thou have us to do personally, Lord, for this church, for, for, Lord, for You? God, please, get a hold of our hearts. God, teach us. To pray. Teach us, Lord, to enter into FaceTime with you. FaceTime with Jesus. Wow. What a time. So, God, please teach us to pray. Lord, continue to teach us in the Word of God that we may grow. Have your mind, have your heart, have your will. So, God, work in our hearts tonight, I pray, in Jesus' name. Our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed, no one's looking around. You say, Brother Bobby, God has spoken to my life over the last couple of days about my prayer life, and I want it to be a prayer life where I can seek God's face all the time. I I, want to know Him. I want to get even closer to Him than I've ever been. Would you just raise your hand and say, Brother Bobby, pray for me. Anybody like that? God bless you. God bless you, Father. Almost every hand in here was up. God, thank you for moving on our hearts. Lord, I just pray, God, again. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. More about Jesus would I know, oh God. Lord, to know you and the power of your resurrection. And to come into your presence, Lord. Oh God, forgive us. Cleanse our hearts, oh God. Create that clean heart in each of us that as we leave this place, God, we dedicate our time, our talents, our treasures to Thee because You own everything. You own my soul. You own everything. You own my businesses. You own my wife. You own my children. You own everything that I have. It's not mine. It belongs to You. And You've said that I'm a steward. I'm just Your servant. So God, help me to be that. And, Lord, to bring you glory in all that I do, all that I say. to God be the glory, great things he hath done. Jesus, you are worthy. My head's bowed, eyes closed. I know we had one young man come forward and say, I want to surrender. I want to make it public. Is there anybody here that would say, Brother Bobby, God's speaking to my heart about surrender. I just putting my life on the line for Jesus, so to speak. I want to serve Him. I want to be used by Him. Is there anyone like that? I won't embarrass you, I promise you. I won't call you out, but i pray for you. Thank you, God bless you. Many hands went up. Thank you, Father, for these who have raised their hand. They just want to love you, serve you. God, sometimes it's so tough. We feel like sometimes maybe we're the only one and you're not really watching. But God, you watch. You know. You know our uprising. You know our downsitting, You know everything about us. Lord, you know what we love, what we like, what we dislike. You know everything. But God, we come to you and say, God, it's all yours. My life is yours. Take it. God, I give you glory. And so God, thank you for these who have raised their hands. So God, Thank you for this church. May your blessings be upon this place, God, please, with my Pastor Russell, Lisa, and the family, the rest of these members, oh God, for Metro Baptist Church. God, again, for Brother Turner at anchor. Touch his body, oh God, send healing to him. And God, again, thank you. Lord, there's some people here, and Lord, you know who they are, and I know who they are, but God, I just pray for them. I pray for their families, God. I pray those that are lost, God, please save their souls. God, you've said that you're not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. God, it has got to be a heavy burden on those that have children, have wives, have husbands that are not saved and family members. Oh, God, I pray. Do a work. Encourage this church, God, just to keep loving the way Jesus loved. Oh, God, please, I pray. Don't let us miss this opportunity help us to give our best to you in jesus name amen as i was praying some verses came to mind in the book of john i believe it's chapter 12 about mary you remember the story mary and she broke the ointment over jesus right And Judas came and said, why was this waste? Why was this? This could have been sold for a lot of money, given to the poor. And Jesus said, let her alone. She did this for my burial. She anointed my body, right? Two things jump out. Number one, Mary gave her best. Mary gave her future. That." Perfume she had was given to her as a young girl according to Jewish tradition. That she was going to use that on her wedding night when she got married. And she was going to break it open and pour it on her bed. And so that was, that was what every Jewish young girl wanted was to get married one day and have children. That would be a blessing that's in the eyes of God. That's what they wanted. And yet Mary took her future. Her desires. Anointed Jesus. If you study the monetary value of those days, it was about a one-year salary. That's how expensive that was. And the second thing I noticed was when Jesus was in the tomb three days and three nights, see, He was put in the tomb so fast they couldn't anoint the body for burial. And so the women were coming to the tomb very early in the morning with their spices and the stone was rolled away and Jesus was raised. What happened? Those women missed their opportunity to do something for Jesus. Mary didn't miss it. Mary didn't miss it. Don't miss this opportunity. Don't let this revival come for three days and then make a kind of a commitment Stay with it. Stay with it. It's not easy to pray. Your flesh doesn't want to pray. The devil doesn't want you to pray. And this world could care less if you're praying. But God wants you. God says come. Come. Come and dine. Come and dine at the Master's table. Thank you, Metro. I love you. God bless you. Pastor.